Welcome into another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? Mid America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Downtown Lube. Be sure to visit them for all your tire and lube needs right here in Joplin, Missouri on 1st and Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So you can visit their website at downtownlube.com for the full list of services. Not a matter of matter of when you make your way over to Downtown Lube, so be sure to do so at Downtown Lube right here in Joplin, Missouri. And what a weekend of NFL football. We have had the divisional round of the playoffs going off our Kansas City Chiefs versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Eagles and Giants, and as we record, the Bengals and Bills game is it's pretty much over, and then we will get the Cowboys and 49ers um, while we record. Let's start with the, the big game, and I think some of the big news, the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Chiefs hold off the Jaguars, but not without a big scare as Patrick Mahomes suffers a high ankle sprain that looked bad. It looked sure. rough. It almost looked broken at times. He was unable to run a lot afterwards, and his mobility just very affected by the injury, even after halftime, after getting it taped up, after probably getting a little shot in the locker room. Mm-hmm. He looked limited. Chiefs still get the W, though. They do, and honestly, they're kind of lucky to get away with it because the defense stepped up big time after the Mahomes injury, and you almost hate to say that because some people might come back and be like, well, why didn't they step up to begin with? You know, Why weren't they already playing at their best? The defense is good. It's hard to stop teams right now in the NFL, especially on the offenses, or on the defensive side of the ball with offenses and what they're allowed to do, and then the tacky penalties that defenders get. And you know, Some people are kind of throwing the fin about what Arden Key did. Some people are saying it's a dirty play. I don't really know where I stand on it, but I do – feel confident saying that I hate those type of tackles. Uh, we used to see the Seattle Seahawks do it a lot when they would tackle someone from behind and then they just drop their body weight and then you get like, you know, guys' legs rolled up and stuff. That's how Dak got hurt a couple years ago as well. Or, I shouldn't even say hurt, just broke his freaking ankle because of it. Patrick Mahomes is very lucky that he didn't break his ankle, have anything injured with his knee because it was an awkward fall. But I just hate those type of sacks and those type of tackles where you just put all your body weight on top of a guy and then you just like drop yourself. So... Again, Mahomes is lucky to come out of that with just a high ankle sprain. That feels crazy to say because you never want to see a guy injured, especially at his level. But the Chiefs, they do sneak away with the victory. Very happy with it. And then watching the today's game of the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals, I know we're going to get into that here in a little bit, but like, boy, the Chiefs are lucky Chad Henney can step up and play football in the playoffs. I mean, to just sit all year drive. and not do anything. Drive. And I even saw on Twitter people – People talking, and again, we, we're Chiefs fans, so a lot of followers that are Chiefs fans as well. People talking about, like, now the Chiefs are going to have to you know, be responsible for not giving money to a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, let's see what happens. Since you, you're not paying Henny very much, he's not like a big priority backup. He's played very, very well when asked to. Yeah. And I, I like the way that the Chiefs have done this. I don't think you should be spending a lot of money on a backup quarterback. When you have a guy like Mahomes, who's rarely ever – hurt or injured, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice. Not gonna <laughs> yeah. uh, but Henny, is, he's played very well. And again, leading a 98-yard touchdown drive, if he just comes in and shits the bed or just doesn't do well, the Chiefs don't win that football game. 
No. They won by seven points. They desperately needed that touchdown. And Henny came in and delivered. And I'm sure a lot of the praise should probably go to Andy Reid for great play calling and being able to adjust and adapt to having Henny in there versus having Mahomes in there. Mm-hmm. And with the dirty play stuff, I think it was – it's a dirty tackle. I don't like the way that people tackle that way yeah. either. But I don't feel like it was intentional to injure someone. Mm-hmm. That, and I've even seen tweets of like, look, you can see the Arden Keys looking down. These people don't realize how fast the game of football is. Yeah. Like, if you think that he's looking down in that split second, seeing an ankle and then being like, yep, I'm going to drop on that. Here's my knee. Yeah. No, like, this is a playoff game. This isn't, you don't have time to think about stuff like that. When you're moving that fast and quarterbacks are, and you're trying to get a sack, you're trying to get pressures. So I don't, I don't think that it was an intentional dirty play. I, I could go the rest of my life without seeing a tackle like that. But I don't think it was something intentional where Arden Key thought that he was going to hurt Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and, and you really hope that's not the thought. I agree with you, though, that I don't think that necessarily was his intention with it. But calling it a dirty tackle, I think, makes sense, not necessarily a dirty play. So mm-hmm. I think we can all agree on that. But I will want to, and I, I will, and I do want to say this about Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence. They're going to be fun to watch, you know, heading into next year. Calvin Ridley is going to be joining the team. Hopefully no more betting has taken place since he's been suspended with it. But like, Jacksonville, they have a bright future. Doug Peterson called some plays, too, you know, right there to kind of help set them up to score at some points. And looking at them moving forward, it's exciting. It's a fun time to be a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. It feels like they were playing with house money. Like, nobody expected them to be in the playoffs this year mm-hmm. or to make noise. And to advance. even win their division, honestly. Right. <laughs> to advance in the playoffs. And then to... Honestly, to play with the Kansas City Chiefs the way that they did in Arrowhead, you lose by seven points. I don't believe in moral victories. That one kind of feels like one. (laughs) For the Jacksonville Jaguars, it does. Because, again, no one expected them to be in this spot. And if they can continue to add some pieces around Trevor Lawrence, maybe some offensive line pieces. The receivers are low-key good. Yeah, Travis Etienne is good. Maybe add a a good tight end. Even Evan Ingram's been... He had a career year, yeah, but here's the deal. Contract year. Yeah. It's crazy how that works out. If they could get a reliable tight end mm-hmm. that you know is going to be good from the start and not just on a contract And if Calvin year. Ridley can come back and look like he did in Atlanta, yeah. that's, a, that's a solid re- receiving core. I don't know that they have that big number one receiver like a Jamar Chase, but I think it's good enough. Yeah. And then It'll adding the job more done. pieces on the defense, it, it really feels like Jacksonville is obviously headed in the right direction. But it, it feels like they are – where the Bills were, where the the Bengals were just yeah. a couple of years ago of, oh, you've got your quarterback. All right, add some pieces around it. And I, I do think that these four teams that we have left in the AFC, I think they could. They could make a lot of noise for a very long time. Bills, Bengals, obviously, Chiefs, uh, fifth straight AFC championship game. But I think the Jaguars, they're not on that tier, but they're close. Mm-hmm. I mean, you continue to just get better. Like Trevor Lawrence gets another year. I know this was year two, but essentially I feel like we could all agree this is pretty much his rookie year with Urban right. Meyer last year. Just wipe that away. So year two under Duck Peterson, though, I expect a huge jump. I would hope to see him be in MVP talks next year if he can continue to play at a new level. Um, the thing, though, that I, I want to say about the Chiefs, too, here is that you know I mentioned that the defense stepped up, but it's the fact that they're all young guys as well, like Nick Bolton. Played phenomenal. You know, defensive line, Colin Saunders with a sack, Derek Naughty with a huge clothesline type of sack, Chris Jones making plays, Frank Clark playing at his playoff level, tied Reggie White for most career sacks in the playoffs. That is huge. And then you look at the secondary, and it's like we have Jalen Watson, 
who's a six-round draft pick, and then you have Trent McDuffie, who they traded up in the first round to get. Those are your two outside corners. They traded away Rashawn Fenton in the middle of the year to get a seventh-round pick. They just said, see you later. We're putting the young guys in there, and we're trusting them to go along with LeJarrius Sneed and want Thornhill on the back. And Brian Cook has been making some plays as well. He hasn't flashed anything, but he's always right there around the ball and just Mm -hmm. his moment's coming. This Chiefs defense is young, and Brett Veach built all of it this offseason. He built the offensive line the year before. You come in this year, you rebuild your defense. This was the new era of the Chiefs kingdom. We talked about it all offseason heading into the year. Oh, and he went and got a whole new receiving core for Patrick Mahomes, who were kind of waiting to explode onto the scene, aside from just Travis Kelsey, who somehow has 14 receptions and nobody knows how to guard him. It's like this can't see Chiefs team. Five straight AFC Championship games, it's phenomenal. It's exciting. And, like, good God, and Brad Veach, we trust. Like, it is just so much fun to watch these guys. I hope Patrick Mahomes can get as healthy as possible this week because next week's going to be a tough matchup. I think he's going to recover nicely. I know he's already come out and said, like, I'm going to play. And I, I think that he will. There's absolutely no way <laughs> you roll into the AFC Championship <laughs> game and you're like, oh, high ankle sprain, I'm not going to play. Like, no, he's going to play in this game. I do wonder how limited – he will be. And it is official. They will face the Cincinnati Bengals in Arrowhead. Yeah. I wonder how mobile he's going to be. Because even on Saturday against the Jaguars, his mobility in the first quarter was the difference maker. Yeah. That rebuilt offensive line for the Chiefs has been really good. And they've been pretty solid in the run game. I'll just go out and say it. Orlando Brown sucks. <laughs> it's it's He tough. got his ass kicked so he much. He did. He did. And it just... Thank God Mahomes, like you said, could be, was, or can be mobile in that first quarter of that game. But like at the same time, the offensive line and Jarek McKinnon, we saw live, pretty much took a linebacker's head off coming in on a blitz. They stepped up once Mahomes got hurt. And like I said a little bit ago with the defense, you hate to say, oh, they stepped up after the injury, but they did. But at the same time, Orlando Brown got his butt kicked a lot at the beginning of that game. Like, and the scary Jaguars bad. defense is pretty good, but it's not like yeah. they don't have a Bosa brother over there. Nope. There it is. How far are we into the show? And I've already mentioned Bosa. Uh, <laughs> well, he's getting ready to play tonight. Oh, man. Best body, Nick Bosa in the San Francisco My 49ers. TikTok is still just stupid right now. I've I just should... stayed off of it completely because <laughs> of that. I don't I don't want to risk seeing Nick Bosa shirtless and being like, Melo's uh, yeah. Mello uh, Mello is crap. busy right now. <laughs> I almost sent you the TikTok. I mean, look, I'm not making this stuff up. It is <laughs> everywhere. Uh, but Orlando Brown, I... He's in a contract year. We'll see what happens. I've said all along, I hope the Chiefs don't pay him. I think that he's a really good left tackle. I don't think he's elite, and I definitely don't think he's the best left tackle. In the he's game. not a reset the left tackle market guy. Right, and I think that's what he's, that is what he's going to want. And he's young. Mm-hmm. He's good, but I'm not sold that he's going to be great. And I don't, honestly, I don't know who, like, who is going to pay him, to be completely honest with you. You know, we got Bryce right here in the chat. Do you think they could they could tag Brown? It's a possibility. I don't yeah. know who else they're going to franchise tag. To be realistic with you, it's probably not going to be Juju. No. It's not going to be McCole Hardman. No, nope, he's going to walk. It's not going to be Clyde Edwards-Alaire. No. I mean, they really don't have anybody that they would franchise other than Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown, that might be it. And I mean, if you overpay him for a year on the franchise tag, I'm okay with it. Yeah, that would be okay. Get they it, still have a ton of cap space heading into this offseason. another year and let him walk. Or maybe by next year he'll realize and his agent will realize, not that good. Yeah, miniature, miniature. He was a pro bowler, wasn't he? He got voted into the pro bowl and she's had seven of them. Yeah, but like. Yeah. 
It's, plus, the rest of the offensive line does look really good. The interior, the two guards in center are probably the best. Maybe not the best. The Eagles offensive line is great. Yeah, when they're healthy. It's absolutely. Good. It might be the best in AFC. So a, a lot of interesting things to happen there. Uh, the key point here, though, is hopefully Patrick Mahomes gets healthy. Even if you're not a Chiefs fan, even if you're an anti-Chiefs fan, you've got to be rooting for a healthy Bengals versus Chiefs game. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the Bengals have the Chiefs number. Like It doesn't matter where they play. It's in Kansas City. It's in Cincinnati. It's in the playoffs. It's the AFC Championship game again. The Cincinnati Bengals beat the Chiefs with Joe Burrow at quarterback. See, we kind of we started to talk about it, you and I, before we were recording. I'm a little bit nervous, and you know, even people asking me this weekend of like, who are you going for, Bills Bengals? I said Bengals because I wanted the game to be an arrowhead. Mm-hmm. If we're being completely honest, I would have rather have played the Bills. The Bengals look too good right now. They look as I mean, Chiefs fans. The Bengals look. I'm going to say it, unbeatable. <laughs> I mean, for real, though, because like the receivers, all of them, good. Tight end Hayden Hurst gets open. Joe Burrow puts the ball where he needs to. The offensive line, they had three guys starting today that haven't been really starting all year. Like, they're, they're, they've been injured along the offensive line. That's usually a death sentence for a team in the AFC or in the playoffs, I should say, especially against Buffalo. But their defense line, we talked about it Thursday, has not been scary this year. Mm-hmm. They didn't really have any targets outside of Stephon Diggs. Wasn't able to make that much of an impact today. Josh Allen just trying to do his best out there, but when you got Cincinnati who can get after the quarterback with three, with only rushing three or four guys, you're screwed mm-hmm. because then you can just drop everybody else back. So if you can drop the rest of your defense and have three or four guys get home, that's hard to beat. Kansas City struggled with it last year. That's what went wrong in the playoffs in that second half. And now you have Mahomes who's going to be limited in terms of mobility because of his ankle. I'll just say it right now. I'm terrified of Cincinnati next week. I don't care if the game was in Atlanta. I don't care that it's an arrowhead. It's going to be scary. But now here's the other side of it. If Patrick Mahomes finally beats Joe Burrow with a bum ankle, <laughs> just give us a Lombardi, baby. Maybe. It, it, it does kind of have that vibe. I know there are a lot of 49ers fans out there that probably think that they're all sad. The Eagles played great on Saturday as well. Mm-hmm. It's felt all season like it's okay. AFC, whoever wins the AFC is going to win. Super Bowl. And now yeah. that we have the Chiefs and the Bengals, it, it feels that way even more. So I assume that the 49ers are going to win on Sunday night. Again, we're recording before that game is even kicked off. Yep. I think they will. The Eagles looked really good. Yeah. It was against the Giants. And the Giants just collapsed. I mean, just absolutely nothing there. Daniel, poor Daniel Jones. You get to this moment and then you just choke. Mm hmm. Saquon Barkley doing about everything that he can. He's, he came out the comment today that's like, you know, I'd like to be with the Giants for a long term, also not looking to reset their running back market. Mm-hmm. Hey, what a great way to go into that. I'm sure the Giants are like, yeah. oh, you don't want to reset the running back market? That's really sweet of you. You're going to anyways because you're one of the best. Or when healthy. <laughs> Saquon's going to say A little say reverse that. psychology there. <laughs> yeah, Saquon says that, and his agent is like, why? <laughs> why did you say that? We are going to try to reset the do market. Do you even realize what you've done? We do want Christian McCaffrey money. Like That is what we're asking for. <laughs> I know that you had some success this year. You were healthy. You had a good year. We want 15 mil. I already sent the text, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I already told him we were holding out. <laughs> and the interesting thing with Saquon, he did come out with those comments. They could franchise tag him and pay him $11 million, or they could try to rework a deal. I assume that after the year that he had and he's finally healthy, that you probably try to rework a deal with him long term. Mm-hmm. 
but they can't fall back on that franchise tag. And man, that would be tempting. Paying him $11 million. <laughs> yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> and I've said before, like, I didn't think that they should pay him or probably even franchise tag him. Yeah. Then he came back and he had a healthy season. So, I mean, at a minimum, you're, you're bringing him back for a year because you're going to franchise tag him. I mean, absolutely. And, you know, I mentioned it's going to be interesting to see what Jacksonville looks like next year and what they do this offseason. Same answer for the New York Giants. New York football Giants. Hey, surprised a lot of people this year. Brian Dable, first-year coaching coming in. You have a lot of guys that you've drafted over the years that Dave Gettleman drafted, excuse me, that are now hitting free agency. What are you going to do with Daniel Jones? What are you going to do with Saquon? We both agree that they're bringing him back with it on the franchise tag or a new contract. But then the quarterback position, are you after a Derek Carr if you're Brian Dable? Do you want a Jimmy Garoppolo? Do you want just a veteran that you can come in and that you know already has experience with the NFL and you don't have to worry about Daniel Jones like just having flashes in a game where it's like, ooh, this is promising? Uh, Daniel Jones, I would – that's such a tough one, honestly. I mean, it is because, because I want to is he taking say, the next step or is it just that's who Daniel Jones is? And that's the tough thing with a quarterback because I want to say, like, just let him walk. He's not, he's not good. He's not your guy. Let him go. Who do you replace him with, though? Like, there are some quarterback options out there, like a Derek Carr, a Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. <laughs> but, like, what if you don't? What if you miss on all those guys? Mm-hmm. What if Aaron Rodgers says, no, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to stay put. Yeah, or, don't, don't New York jet this thing. Yeah, or like, how many people will just say, yeah, I'm going to be a free agent. I'm not going to the Giants, though. You have no receivers there. I don't want to sign up for that. Oh, that's a solid point. So it, it is tough to sit here and, and say or think, like, yeah, you just get rid of him. But you do have to think about who you replace him with. You're a playoff team. You're not going to be in a position to draft a quarterback. And we'll talk about these quarterbacks a little bit. I don't love them. Outside of the two of them, I, I don't love mm-hmm. any of them. So it is an interesting spot there for the Giants as well, too. But at least if you're the Giants or you're a Giants fan, we're finally talking about you in the postseason. Yeah. That feels like a huge leap. Even in the NFC, a little bit of a down year for the NFC. But still, you made the playoffs, and you're one of the top seven teams in your conference. Mm-hmm. That's something to be proud of. And, you know, the Eagles, who beat the Giants, they did look very good as well. <laughs> and I I am rooting for an Eagles 49ers matchup. After watching that game last night, uh, I think I'm just kind of rooting for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not about I'm not guaranteeing or saying like just overlooking the Bengals here, but if, if the Chiefs and Eagles made the Super Bowl and it became the Andy Reid Bowl, that'd mm-hmm. be incredible. I feel bad for Andy Reid because that'd been annoying media week. Everyone's asking you that question. But then it's like, well, it would be fun to watch because the Eagles can run the ball so effectively. 268 yards and three touchdowns. That's insane. Yeah. And that's what we everyone says about the playoffs. You have to be able to run the ball. That's when it matters the most. You do that for almost 300 yards. Oh, right. and Jalen Hurts looks fine throwing the football. Shoulder Against doesn't even bother him. defensive line, too. Yeah. And the Giants. And the thing is, like, they released Fletcher Cox and then immediately brought him back. Mm-hmm. Like, is it Graham that went down with the, an injury last year, comes back, looks good? Like, this is the thing with the Eagles last year, a couple years before, since, honestly, they went, won the Super Bowl earlier. They just haven't been able to stay healthy. You've been able to stay healthy this year. It looked a little scary there with Jalen Hurts right before you got to the playoffs. Again, he looked fine last night. You are clicking. Like, everything looks to be working very well for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think, I don't want to speak for you, but I'll speak for everyone else, too. It feels like we've all been waiting for their offense to fail. 
Like, well, is, uh, every every week yeah, I've just been waiting to be like, told you, you know, <laughs> yeah. September 10th, I was just like, I don't see it, I don't get it, da 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 da. Uh-huh. Yeah, like right there to the AMC Championship thing, and they put up 17 points. And Nick Sirianni, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have these guys ready to run. We're gonna run an offense that's they're gonna know how to do. Yeah, and you know, two hires that I would I want to talk about specifically: Nick Sirianni and Zach Taylor. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that any two coaches got laughed at more when they got hired. I mean, obviously the Adam Gay stuff was weird when he got hired yeah. with the Jets because he's probably on cocaine. But with Zach everywhere. Taylor. There was the narrative, a strong narrative that like, oh, he's only getting hired because he knows Sean McVay. And then that's when the joke started of if you know Sean McVay, you can get a job in the NFL. Um, Zach Taylor might be better than Sean McVay. (laughs) And a lot of people laughed at him and doubted it, thought it wouldn't work in Cincinnati. This is two in a row for AFC Championship. Isn't it crazy that Sean McVay now gets a coaching tree at 30? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 36 years old or however old he is, and he has a coaching tree of success. It's a pretty good one. Was Nick Sirianni with Sean McVay? Who was he with? I don't remember if he was or not. He pretty much got the job because he was already in Florida to interview with the owner, and it was just like, so happened to work out. And then it was like, oh yeah, he's been hired. And he had like a he had a bad press conference. Oh, it was so bad. We I mean we made fun of him on the show. We did like oh we're gonna do things that are, are really simple but yet complicated. Uh, he was the offensive coordinator for the Colts, is where he was from 2018 to 2020. But he's also served as an assistant coach with the Chargers and the Chiefs, actually. Oh, Andy Reid. Look at that. Yeah, pretty pretty little nice. Nice little lineage she's got. Do I just need to charge her for a long ass time? How do I become a part of a coaching staff in the NFL? Do I just like walk up and say, "Hey, I want to be"? Well, I took a piss next to Sean McVay, and nobody's called me yet, so I don't know. Damn. Do you think Sean McVay remembers me? Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, I bet he does. He's got that memory. I bet he does. It was a weird enough interaction that he was probably like, "Yeah, I'm going to save that." Why was it I didn't weird? I remember this. It was in a bathroom. Did you do a double look once you realized who it was? Tell the truth, Sunday. I followed him into the bathroom knowing who was in there. All right. Were you like, holy shit? I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go take a piss next to Sean McVay. One felt tall. Really? Yeah. Short guy. Dang. Two, I think he sensed the weirdness and talked to me at the sink. He talked to you? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I've talked to Sean McVay. We're pretty tight. Shit. I bet he remembers me, though. I remember being in the same elevator as Wade Phillips and couldn't remember his name until he walked off, and I was like, uh-huh. <clears throat> see you, coach. <laughs> Who's the most famous person that you've had an interaction with? Andy Reid. I, I walked famous? up to Andy Reid and was so nervous I didn't hear what he said to me. <laughs> I was telling somebody the other day about when you met Andy Reid. <laughs> Dude, it was so cool, man. And, the, you know, the, mo- the senior bowl right around the corner – uh, we won't be there this year for the first time in forever. That is such a cool environment, though, because I remember being mm-hmm. down there one year and sitting down for breakfast in just some little like coffee shop type thing, hearing a voice next to me that was a familiar voice, turning to look, and it was Andy Reid sitting right next to me. I'm like, oh, that's whose voice that was. Yeah. But seeing guys like uh, like an Andy Reid, yeah. Sean McVay, I assume Andy Reid is probably more famous than Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. He's just been in the league. Joey Molinaro, he might be up there as well, just in terms of like uh, social media famous. Like everybody knows who Joey Molinaro is. Um, Al Michaels and I were neighbors mm-hmm. one time. That is a very 
Like you hear that voice and you know immediately. That's oh yeah, uh, Gary V. Andrew Siliano. We rode an elevator with him one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, talk Ian about Rappaport? short, huh? Ian Rappaport. Uh, <laughs> dude, I, if if I ever see him wearing cowboy boots in public, I know it's because of me. I hyped him up in terms of wearing cowboy boots. <laughs> I did. It was incredible. He probably needs. He's so uh, Jane Slater. That's another man. I'm just sitting here humble bragging. I'm so sorry. I know. Uh, oh, oh, oh hey. Matt Miller. <laughs> yep. Another one. One of my best friends. What's up? Uh, yeah. It, it's going to be weird not being in Mobile this year. It is. It's really going to be weird not going years. to Indianapolis. I've enjoyed Indianapolis much more than I have. Really? Senior Bowl. Mainly because we get, and this is going to sound bad, so hammered during the Senior Bowl those nights where, like, the next day, I am trying my best to recover. And you've known me long enough. It is hard for me to recover uh-huh. after a full night of drinking with very little sleep. And well, the weather wasn't good last year, so that kind of hindered it a little bit. And I'm not, I'm not like trying to brag about myself as a drinker because there are a lot of things that I just can't drink. I cannot mm-hmm. drink whiskey or bourbon at all. Yeah. I can't do it. I'm not going to slam IPAs. <laughs> but I don't get hungover. I will drink my light beer all night. You're so lucky. I'll crush a million of them. And then I will wake up ready to go the next day. That's a hard guy to drink with for a week. Because I'm just, I'm up, I'm at it. No recovery time needed. It's a it's blessing a, and a curse. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. You've called it a superpower, and it is. <laughs> yeah, it's only caught up to me a couple times where I'll be like, I don't get hungover. <laughs> like, I might feel a little bad the next day, but for the most part, I, I can function through. This is going to sound really bad, and I don't want it to. There were a couple weekends last year where I felt like I was going out every weekend, just having fun, hanging out with friends. There was one weekend where I had not, and I, cause it was because I had to get up early and drive to Kansas City that Saturday morning to go help my sister with something. And I remember being in the car and going, like, I feel like I should be hungover right now, and I'm not. And so it was like my body was like, you're hungover. But mentally I was like, I am not. But why do I feel Mind like I am? Yes. <laughs> Because I didn't, I hadn't had a lick of anything the night before, except for water. Like, that's all I had. And I woke up that Saturday morning like, oh, my God. Too much water. Just hung over. You almost drowned yourself. I was a water drunk. Mm-hmm. Water wasted. WW. Yeah. So, to Anywho, recap, yeah. these games uh, for the weekend. Chiefs, Jaguars, great that the Chiefs win, especially for us. But also nice to see the Jaguars be in it. Like, honestly, a lot of people thought it was going to be a blowout. And maybe if Patrick Mahomes stays healthy, it is a blowout. Because he was playing exceptionally yeah. well. That first drive, first quarter, looked special before mm-hmm. he hurt his ankle. But it is nice for the Jaguars. If you're a Jaguars fan, you've got to be happy with that one. And it's going to be interesting to see, too, how Kansas City prepares next week for Cincinnati. Because, like I said, they're so good at getting after the quarterback, and especially they were against Josh Allen in this divisional game, with just three to four guys. And that's what they did last year against the Chiefs as well. And it kind of puts Mahomes and Josh Allen in tough spots because they think they can just escape out of the pocket, but for somehow, or in some reason, the Cincinnati Bengals are always there and they make the right play. But Mahomes might just be limited to the pocket next week. And it is going to be interesting to see how he plays that way, where you have to just stay in there and you've got to step up and you're not as mobile and you can't just escape out of the pocket and keep a play going. What does Andy Reid, what is his play calling like? Are they just quick, get the ball out of your hand, type of throws to the side and let your playmakers go make plays? Are you taking those deep strikes? It's going to be fun to watch. And I think it's kind of got to go back to maybe a little bit of an Alex Smith type of offense where it's like, hey, he's just going to sit here and we're just going to try and dice you guys up and kill you by a million paper cuts. Yeah, just, you and just pray to God that it works. Line. Yeah. 
like Andrew Br- or Orlando Brown to get your shit together. Yeah. <laughs> because that pass rush is very impressive with Hubbard and Hendrickson for the Bengals. And then, you know, dialing up some blitzes as well. And I've, I've coached a little bit of football. I don't, I would blitz Patrick Mahomes. Oh, absolutely. Like I'm trying to move him off that spot and, and get him mobile. Usually that doesn't work out. But with the bum ankle, I feel like that's probably the best situation for the Bengals. And I, I hope they don't. I, I hope that it backfires, obviously. But that's probably what I would do. Do you feel like you can blitz Joe Burrow, or would you not? Like, how do you beat Joe Burrow, like, realistically? You can't force him into turnovers. It doesn't bother him. No. And I've, I've been called a Joe Burrow hater before, which I will argue that point. I'm not a hater. There's just something about him that I don't like. <laughs> I know he's Some good. people might define that as a hater. Right? But I think he might be the second best quarterback in the league. I think he might have surpassed Josh Allen. <laughs> I mean, he did today. I can't be a hater and say he's number Dog, two. Dog, <laughs> like, you win on the freaking road. Like, if you're the uh-huh. Bengals, it's like we never want home field advantage. Doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, he puts that chip on his shoulder, rides it to a damn Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. So I, again, I get labeled as a Joe Burrow hater. I'm not. There's just something about his personality that I don't like. Here's a question: Him for on you. the football field, I absolutely love. Yeah, he's good. I, he's unstoppable. Mm-hmm. My question that I have for you: About his, do I try and find a way to that playoff game next week in Arrowhead? And the reason I ask is because I went to every playoff game last year except for the one against Cincinnati. And I didn't go to the playoff game this year, and they almost lost. Mm, That's tough. It's a superstition. I'm not a little superstitious. I'm not a little superstitious, but I'm superstitious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I said it backwards on purpose (laughs) because I am a very superstitious person. I don't know. That's a tough call. I know. Good luck with that one. Thank you. Uh, Giants and Eagles. Eagles look just dominant Mm -hmm. is the word that I would use. Uh, their offensive line, like good luck stopping them in the run game. Who, do, if you're the Eagles, who do you want to play? Do you want to play Dallas or do you want to play San yeah, Francisco? Cowboys. Or is it like doesn't matter? Bring them. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure that that's what they're gonna say. Yeah. You know, like even Frank Clark at the end of the game, like <sighs> doesn't matter. Bring them. Bring bring all of them. Yeah. Fuck, dude. <laughs> slap, I, I know I said our little group slap that shit on a t-shirt. I thought it was. I don't know. It didn't get me. Going. Like I would rock the shit out of that shirt like I did the landlord shirt. Until the Chiefs lose Cincinnati and I rip it and I never wear it again. I ripped that in half like the Hulk. Yeah, you watched me do it. Was it in the hotel room? Yeah, I was in Memphis. I watched (laughs) them lose. I was the only one in that entire restaurant wearing a Chiefs hoodie, which I had not wore all year. And I even thought to myself when I put it on that last year, I was like, do I wear this? Is this going to be bad luck? And they lose. And the same thing with that shirt. I remember watching that AFC Championship game last year and it just being so hot. Yeah. Where we were. Because there were so many people in there, and we thought we had a little area to ourselves. They said, "How about right in the middle of the restaurant?" It was a cool. It was a cool spot. It was just hot. Yeah, and it was obviously it's January, so you're thinking it's going to be cold wherever you are. Mm-hmm. Nope. And I believe we were on some kind of a patio, like a covered patio. Yeah. Still hot. Like we were like in the out. indoor. This is going to sound weird. There was like there was a, an outside outside area, and then there was like an outside indoor area, and then there was the inside of the restaurant. We were in the indoor outside part of the, the patio. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was like a screened in porch. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> With the glass were. ceiling. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. You, you could see outside pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Several exit do, points. They, they make me nervous. And watching that Bills game today, 
It just, it did feel like they were almost on another level, and that's why I do think that maybe it's recency bias. I think Joe Burrow is the second best quarterback in the NFL, and Josh Allen has been great. I think during the broadcast they even mentioned like his numbers are pretty similar to what he did last year. Mm-hmm. He just felt like he took a dip. Yeah, well, which I, is I don't weird. Think he did but it it felt like he did. And if and if you're the Bills general manager Brandon Bean, you have to go get more offensive weapons this offseason. Like you yeah. can't just have Stephon Diggs. Dawson Knox just randomly yeah, thought, shows up. Gabe Davis, we've talked about Crowe to Chris Sims on Thursday. He has a good game once a month. Today was not the game of the month. It might have been next week. Doesn't get to play. And how many years in a row have we been talking about the Bills and saying, like, hey, you need a running back? Yes. Like getting these guys that can catch out of the backfield is great. Get you a guy that can get three, four yards of carry. Go get Saquon that. Barkley. You know, like in the playoffs, again, and I'm not a big like believer in like, oh, you have to run the ball. I think the game has changed a lot. The Chiefs won, and they weren't super successful running the football. But – I do think that that is a big thing that Buffalo is missing. Their best run option on third and short is Josh Allen, and everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's just it's really starting to kind of catch up to them. So I feel like that they should make some kind of a move or a change to get a running back in there. Like I like James Cook; he's not going to be that feature back for you. No. I like Devin Singletary; he's not developed into a feature back. Like go get Bijan Robinson. <laughs> Even if you have Don't to overdraft for him a little bit, like that's what the Bills need to do. Yeah. Just all the chips to the table, man. We are taking Bijan Robinson. What is a bigger need for the Bills than a running back right now? Like you could probably use a wide receiver too. Mm-hmm. You probably use it maybe a tight end, but I don't know that you're getting anything better than Bijan Robinson in the first round. There, that'd be terrible. Offensive line has been good. You've got a million pass rushers, two great linebackers, and a really strong secondary. I say you load up. Trade a first and a third if you need to to move up and get Bijan Robinson. How many picks does Buffalo have now that we're talking about the draft here? I wasn't really expecting to talk about this. but I don't know, but I mean, if I'm Brandon Bean, I'm looking at this team and thinking, that's what we're going to do. Brandon, or excuse me, Bryce asked in the chat here, do the Bills make a run at Devontae Adams? You know, we talk about all these quarterbacks hitting free agency here. The Raiders, do you move on from Derek Carr and Devontae Adams? I think it's only pretty much $2 million that you lose. That's going to be interesting. Do you trade away Devontae Adams? And if you're Buffalo, is that a guy you want to go get? I think it would take a lot to get Devontae. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know that anybody will. The Bills right now are, are going to be picking around 28 Yep. or so. I don't know that that's good enough to get a guy like Bijan Robinson. But they also pick probably around 60. Yeah, they have pick 28, 60, 92, and 130 are theirs. They have Arizona's pick at 138, and they have pick 163. So they have one, two, three, four, five, six. Six picks, two fives, one through four. Maybe even try to move off one of those running backs and move up to get your running back. I don't don't know. Uh, But I think there's some options for them. If I'm Buffalo, I'm getting an ass-kicking running back who also, by the way, can catch the ball out of the backfield. And B. John Robinson fits that perfectly. Mm-hmm. I, I do. And it will be scary, but I, I I think that's what I would do if you're Buffalo because you're just not getting over the hump. You have the head coach. You have the quarterback. Defense has been great. But, like, you can't get past the Bengals. You can't get past the Chiefs. Yep. And being the third best team in the league is pretty impressive, but <laughs> eventually I think you're going to want to try to beat those guys. And I don't know if you're doing it with these running backs that they have. So maybe that's what they do. 
in the draft. Uh, Eagles-Giants, kind of talked about that game a lot too. Just Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni deserving their flowers. It's like We need to start giving them credit, not just like a, hey, this is cute, let's see how it works. I think it's time to commit to Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni of like, this is a real thing. <laughs> yeah. It is going to work and out for And to freaking Howie Roseman, just you put your ball, you put your nuts on the table, man, and they didn't get chopped off. You know, it's not cutting time here. You take Jalen Hurts in the second round a couple years ago with Carson Wentz still being your quarterback. You dealt with the emotions of him moving on from Eagles fans being upset. You got me over here just doubting Jalen Hurts. I know I'm not the only one, but it's just like it's all paid off. And here you are. You're about to go face, you know, either your division rival in the Dallas Cowboys for the third time this year, or you're going to face the San Francisco 49ers who all around look like one look like the best team in the NFL. Yeah. Except for today when we look at the Cincinnati Bengals and the way that they just mm-hmm. – they, they, like honestly, they just – they kicked the Buffalo Bills' ass. They won in every aspect of the football game on yeah. the road. And I saw a lot of stuff, too, about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe he's going to come back and be healthy for this uh, – I think they were talking about today, but at least the next game or the Super Bowl, and being the backup. Yeah. Not coming in and being a starter, which is – And here's crazy. the – I feel bad for Brock Purdy. That's a death sentence. Jimmy Garoppolo, healthy on the sideline. Every starting quarterback gets hurt. It feels that way. It happened in New England. And like the 49ers, again, recording before that game, I feel like they won. I think they might be trading Trey Lance, too. What? How can you let Brock Purdy lead you to the NFC Championship game? Possibly a Super Bowl. I wouldn't be surprised if Trey Lance gets moved. So many people need a quarterback, and these quarterbacks suck. If you're telling me I'm the Indianapolis Colts Mm. and I can move up and I can get Bryce Young or I just send my first round pick to San Francisco and I get Trey Lance. And they don't have one right now because they gave it up to uh, Denver. The Colts still have theirs. Yes, the Colts do. Mm -hmm. But San Francisco does not have their first round pick. So Indianapolis could. I mean, and that would be pick four. You're giving up pick four for Trey Lance? He went third overall. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. He's still 22 years old. Would you rather have C.J. Stroud or Trey Lance at, if you're at pick four in your Indianapolis and you're not trading up? That's a tough call. <laughs> I think Trey Lance. I loved him coming out of North Dakota State. Yeah. The problem is that he hasn't been impressive in the NFL. And there is that maybe C.J. Stroud could be. You have, the Indianapolis Colts have eight picks this year for the draft. It's a lot of picks. It does feel like they're going to move up a little bit in this draft. And uh, we have Dane Brugler's draft uh, pulled up. He did a mock draft this week, uh, last week, sorry, and we meant to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we're going to mock the mock now? <laughs> uh-huh. Bryce Young going number one overall, and it's a trade with the Indianapolis Colts. I do feel like that's, that's just become a popular thing. And I, I like that people that do these mock drafts are no longer afraid to be like, yeah, we think this trade's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I can remember a million years ago reading Mel Kuyper stuff and be like, I'm not going to project any trades. We'll just go straight 32 picks, and we'll pick them. Mm-hmm. It feels like this is going to be a trade that happens. And he even projected it as the number one overall pick for number four, 35, and a 2024 first round. If you can get that for Chicago, do it. <laughs> do it right now. Uh, but also, if you're the Colts... <laughs> You might be able to get Trey Lance cheaper than that. Yeah, I was going to say, and do you want a small quarterback like Bryce Young? 
And like that's that's a question I'm going to hammer home all the draft season here is the short quarterbacks in the NFL. If you're not mobile, have not done well. Yeah, like they really. I mean, Russell Wilson has dropped off a cliff. Kyler Murray can't stay healthy. You know what I mean? Baker Mayfield he has got a strong arm. Can't do it. It's just it's not working. You don't have these tall mobile guys. It's almost guys. like there was something to the height issue. Yeah. There's a reason you want a 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", guy who can sling it or just stand in the pocket and survey the field clearly. Yeah. I don't, I'm not as sold on Bryce Young as a lot of people are. And I know, I know the mind's there. You know, the arm talent is there in terms of being able to put the ball in any window that you want. You don't have to have the strongest arm. You just got to have it strong enough to get there and know when to get it there. Those traits are great. But I'm still, it's the size thing that worries me. Yeah, and again, like we're kind of talking about here, if you can go get Trey Lance for less than that, if you're the Indianapolis Colts and uh, right now they have the fourth overall pick, Mm -hmm. what if you just traded the fourth overall pick? What if you traded the 36 in your future first? Or, you know, something like that. You got a little bit creative and you got Trey Lance. The 49ers got to feel happy about that. Yeah. I, I assume in that room they probably feel like they have their quarterback and Brock Purdy. (laughs) It's <laughs> still weird to say that. And or I, they might hold on to him, honestly, for another year. But like, if I'm the 49ers, I might be more willing to hold on to Jimmy Garoppolo for another year and move off of Trey Lance. Well, it's going to be interesting because who, who's making this decision? Excuse me. Who's making this decision? Right. Is it going to be Shanahan or is it going to be John Lynch? Because Lynch already didn't listen to Shanahan. He wanted Mac Jones. I feel like we all know that now. He wanted Mac Jones. And John Lynch is like, oh, I want an athletic quarterback. I'm getting Trey Lance. Maybe Kyle Shanahan should have more power. <laughs> There's a lot of coaches this offseason like, no, I'm not going to take that job. You know, I want more more say. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan, maybe he needs more say because he, with those boring-ass quarterbacks, he's good. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is. It's just because he's not – there's no expectations with him. There is no, like – Go make the like, you know what I mean? Extend the play and make something happen. It's like this is the play. Yeah, stand here and throw it. I'm. I know receivers open. I know I am calling you the right play in this moment and at this time. I have been doing this my entire life. Don't make a special throw. Just find Debo Samuel. <laughs> yes. I'll scheme him open. Don't be special. Just do what you're supposed to do. <laughs> it's the, the most Bill Belichick do your job ever. Yeah, just straight boring. Uh, so this mock draft that we were going to look at, let's do look at it today. Uh, they do, Dane Brugler from The Athletic has Bryce Young going number one overall, but it is to the Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. As of right now, I feel like that's a, a safe assumption that that will happen. Here's where things get crazy, and I just get a little bit irritated. Number two pick overall is the Houston Texans, and he has them taking Will Levis, the quarterback out of Kentucky. And this is a situation where I just don't see it. And a lot of times with these mock drafts, I guess we should say, a lot of times this is what those guys are hearing or they think is going to happen. Mm-hmm. This isn't necessarily Dane Brugler saying, I love Will Levis. He should be the second quarterback. Take. Yeah. But I do think there is a real possibility that you see Will Levis get drafted in the top 10, maybe the top five. We're here in this mock draft. It's number two overall. I watched this kid play over the summer. I, I watched him mainly as a college football fan in the fall. I just don't see it with him at all. What I mean, what does he? I, I think that he is 
that prototypical quarterback. He's that guy that has the build that looks like an NFL quarterback, honestly. He has the big arm. He has a little bit of mobility. And he makes some plays. And he's white and good looking. Can I say that without it being weird? Yeah, I, th- I, mean, I mean, I ranted about Nick like Bosa, it made like some people years. may get offended by that, but like that's the that's how some of these old like I shouldn't say old guys. It's just how the NFL looks at prospects. Yeah, and it's I, how I, people look at quarterbacks. You've seen an ugly quarterback before? Peyton Manning. There's some gr- <laughs> Patrick Mahomes might be an answer. <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding, Pat. You're great, but I do think that there are there are people that are just going to look at him and say like, yeah, that's what our quarterback should look like. He th- he looks good throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. doesn't always get to where it's supposed to. But I, I think that if you are a scout, you could fall in love with, he throws a pretty football. Again, it doesn't get to where it should go. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I don't like him. I've been wrong a million times on guys. Maybe this is another one. Um, you know, even when Josh Allen was going through the draft process, a lot of people hated Josh Allen and didn't think he would be any good. Now he's the number three best quarterback in the league. So <laughs> I, there is that chance that maybe he could, but I just – I'm don't glad see. you said that with the Josh Allen thing because that's what I was going to ask you. Like last time I heard you not be – or just be this serious about not being sure on a guy, mm-hmm. he's a bleeding Buffalo Bills being pretty damn good. Well, I liked Josh Allen a lot. I just didn't think he would get drafted so high. That's true, yeah. Yeah, it, because there were so many quarterbacks yeah. in the draft. It was Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen – Josh Allen, oh, and I'm missing one more. Josh Allen, excuse uh, me. Sam Darnold. Oh, yeah. Loved Sam Darnold. I think I might have had Josh Allen as the number three quarterback in that class. But I did. I did. I lost a bet because I thought he wouldn't get drafted in the top ten. Who did you have two then? Was it Baker? Baker. Mm. Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen. And then Josh Rosen. Then Lamar Jackson. Then Mason Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> Then Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Damn. Damn. So I've been wrong a time or two. Yeah, Mason Rudolph. I he has the size. He's got. He is the perfect build for what you'd want an NFL quarterback to be. And he's very he's productive just, at Oklahoma State. Has a very punchable face and a piece of shit. That's, and those I, are his cons. I didn't think that Lamar Jackson would be as good in the NFL as he is. I, I really didn't. I didn't think that he had the arm. But guess what? He has. A good enough arm, and his legs are fantastic. So with Will Levis, I do see a lot of the Josh Allen stuff, of the almost like the I can fix him. Mm-hmm. Like he does some things that are really well. But he's also probably never been with a great offensive coach. I, I think that last year, his junior year, he was probably with a pretty good offensive coordinator. I think that guy ended up going to the Rams maybe. So maybe there is that possibility of, okay, if we get him in the right situation, mm-hmm. he is going to be great. I don't, I've just been burned on guys like Zach Wilson. Yeah. Where they, they come on kind of late. They're not playing for big schools, and they're not putting up big, huge numbers. There's another Kenny Pickett almost. Right. Yeah. I so, mean, you, I don't know how old Will Levis is. I'm not going to act like it. But it took Kenny Pickett six years in college, it felt like. Mm-hmm. You're coming in the league at 25, 26 years old, and you're still yeah. struggling. Will Levis is 23 years old. He's going to be 24 before his uh, rookie season. There's 24 in June. So he's a, he's a little That's bit. how old Joe Burrow was coming in the league, right? So, yeah. I mean, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So he's an older prospect, but that's just because we're used to these guys who are 20, 21 mm-hmm. all the time coming into the league. So, you know what? Maybe, maybe. I don't like him. I wouldn't draft him. Who knows? <laughs> who knows, though? Uh, 
Number two overall quarterback in this class seems a little bit rich. The number three overall pick, the Arizona Cardinals, Dane Brugler has them going with Will Anderson Jr. That feels like a pretty safe pick. Go get an edge rusher. You're losing J.J. Watt. You lost Chandler Jones last year to the Raiders. Yeah. They just don't get cute and like take somebody on offense. No. You, I feel like you need to get a consistent receiving weapon. Like Hopkins, is he Hopkins leaving? Is another is, guy that a lot of people are talking about them shopping him. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Like you just, you need to rebuild this team. Mm-hmm. Like offensively, it's, it just don't feel like it's working. The offensive line, it was a little better this year. Is old Mr. James Conner really going to be a running back moving forward? Can you rely on him? He did have a good season, though. I will say that. But it's just, I guess it all yeah. comes down to with Arizona. It doesn't really matter if Kyler Murray can't stay healthy and be on the football field. Yeah, and it just it does. It feels like they need a rebuild, which is weird because they just paid their quarterback. <laughs> you don't see a lot of teams rebuild while giving your quarterback three hundred thirty million dollars. I think is what yeah, the deal all that was. guaranteed. Was it three thirty, or was that what we said it was going to be? I think it was. He came in. We heard we heard a rumor out there about what the contract mm-hmm. was wanting to be, but but even you yeah, know that looking at that the roster that they have, there's not a single person on this offense that scares me. Like, Kyler Murray's been good at times, and he's looked really good. Mm-hmm. Zach Ertz, the tight end, he's he's very good. Again, when you healthy. You should feel all set at tight end. Yeah. Outside of that, nothing. <laughs> nothing on the offensive line. Yeah. Um, nothing at receiver, especially with D-Hop getting older and then maybe moving off of him. James Conner, you talked about him, doesn't scare me. He's been He's been pretty solid, but I still feel like you need another guy in there. And then looking at their defense, they've poured so much draft capital into this defense for it to still not be good. It's pretty scary. Isaiah Simmons is a guy that I absolutely loved coming out of Clemson. I don't know what the hell they're doing with him. Byron Murphy and Buda Baker have looked really good in the secondary. That's about it. Yeah. And the other thing, too, with this is, like, defensively, You've added all these impact players that you thought were just going to be huge, and they haven't hit. You know, same thing with the offensive side of the ball. You're the new general manager coming for Arizona. It's like, what in the world are they trying to do? Like, can you see? Like, can you at least see? Like, this is where we were heading. This is where our steps. I'm like, okay, we're going to attack this position. This is a guy, and now we're going here and here. Do you have to start all that over and reevaluate as a new general manager, or can you just kind of pick up where they left off? But at the same time, where the hell were they when they left off? Yeah, and what kind of things are you going to run? <laughs> Because even, like, it's still very new. We don't, we don't know what the Arizona Cardinals are going to do. Yeah, they don't have a head coach yet either. So. Right. So, like, Will Anderson might not even just fit in their defense that they want to run. But it does feel like they need an ass kicker on defense. They ran that 3-4 last year. I don't. Maybe they look at their defense and say, yeah, let's keep doing that. Let's bring in a coach that can do something similar. Or Will Anderson is good enough that he could probably go number three overall and fit and play in any defense, really. And I like that pick. I, I do think that that's a good move for the Cardinals. I do wonder if they are going to be tempted to try to surround Kyler Murray with more tools, but it takes a very good defense to win games mm-hmm. in the NFL too. And the Chicago Bears, them moving down to pick number four in that trade with the Indianapolis Colts, Dane Brugler has them taking Jalen Carter out of Georgia. That does feel like a, a really good fit for a team that needs desperate help on the defensive line. And he can be... He's an interesting player because he can get after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's a giant, but he can get after the quarterback. Just Did you as compare well. him to Chris Jones in a sense? Fletcher Cox? Fletcher Cox is a good one. Yeah. Because Chris Jones is so big, 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. 
Fletcher Cox is a good one though because he is around six three, three hundred pounds. Both of them are. Mm-hmm. So I, that's a good comp for what he can do, and he's going to be good in the run game. But he's also going to create pressure. I don't know how many sacks he's going to get, but that's almost become an overrated. It, yeah, most stat. definitely. Maybe not an overrated, but like there's more ways to affect a football game than just getting. Sacks. Yeah, you need a guy who's just going to like f the play up. You know what I mean? Just or I should say disrupt. Be a little cleaner here. I apologize. How are you going to disrupt the play enough to where another one of your teammates can either one get the sack or two the quarterbacks like I got to get the ball out of my hand and then you know your secondary members get the pick. Mm-hmm. And even in his time at, at Georgia, he only had six career sacks. Now that's weird for Jalen Carter too, though, because he played behind great offensive linemen for two yeah. years. He just did not have the opportunity. And some people might listen to this and say, like, oh, you know, if you're a star, you'll get those opportunities, but. College is different because you do have almost promises and you're loyal to those veteran guys that are in front of you. And those veteran guys like Jordan Davis were all Americans. Mm-hmm. So it, that's a tough thing for him. I do like that pick. And then number five overall, the Carolina Panthers. This is where he has C.J. Stroud coming off the board. And I do. I like that pick. C.J. Stroud, I, I need to do a little deeper dive on him. He makes me a little bit nervous because he – he hasn't done anything that wows me. He's had really good games, mm-hmm. but he hasn't made any of those throws that jaw drop. Similar kind of Wayne Haskins coming out of Ohio State. Yeah, it is. I mean, like, and it's just because, like, okay, hey, he's good. He's got the size. He's got the arm. Mm-hmm. But we know this is the offense of Ohio State, and that's where these numbers are coming or from. Or even, like, a lot of people are going to say that that's unfair because the helmet. Like, oh, don't scout the helmet. Yeah. Or even, like, Tua coming out of Alabama mm-hmm. with all that receiver talent. He never made a, a lot. He didn't make a lot of great throws that just wowed me. And I kind of questioned the arm strength. It, it feels like it comes off like when you see the success of Ohio State, it's like, who do we say this is because of? It doesn't feel like a lot of those answers are C.J. Stroud. Right, despite him having some, some really good games. Mm-hmm. So C.J. Stroud is another guy that I would love to do, like a, a, just a deeper dive on him and, and see what's going on. But uh, the draft going to be in Kansas City this year for yeah. one. And then just very exciting because there are there's potential for three quarterbacks right here in the top five. And then another one in Anthony Richardson that a lot of people like out of Florida. And he has a lot of tools. And at the beginning of the year, it looked like he was going to win the Heisman Trophy after game one. Yeah. So he's another guy that I think will go in the first round. And there are a lot of quarterback needy teams as well. And with those quarterback needy teams, you're going to get guys that are overdrafted. I wouldn't take Will Levis or Anthony Richardson in the first round. The NFL will. <laughs> well, you say or Anthony Rich- Okay, quarterback from Florida here. I was like, yeah. Anthony Richardson, who the hell, where did he come from? I would not from? take either one of those guys. I, I feel like he's going to be one of those guys that the media just loves and hypes up. Like, he's going to be the media quarterback heading into this draft. And season. he does make some throws that you're like, ooh, wow. Mm-hmm. He makes a lot of wow throws. Yep. Some of them are good. Some of them are terrible. <laughs> will Levis is the same way, though. There, I remember watching Kentucky play in the fall and watching him step back and like roll left, chuck the ball downfield. Like, okay, Will Levis. Yeah. It's into triple coverage. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, you can't do that, buddy. <laughs> You're not Patrick Mahomes. We got we to be smarter than that. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's the top five of his uh, draft. And he does have also Anthony Richardson going uh, number 15 overall to the Detroit Lions. Yep. Ooh. Mm hmm. That's another. That would be kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And even just looking at the draft order, I know we do that a lot, but 
the Chicago Bears right now have the number one overall pick, the Houston Texans, Arizona Cardinals, Indianapolis Colts. Still just two of my favorite picks in this entire draft, the Seattle Seahawks at number five from the Denver Broncos, and number six, the Detroit Lions from the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are another team where they've got to question what they do. What are you going to do? You're a Matt Stafford guy, right? Did you say mm-hmm. you're a Matt Stafford yeah. guy? That's an interesting one with him. He's, he was old, and he got beat up a lot this year. I'm pretty sure he signed an extension to stay there, but I don't know how how much longer he can get it done. Yeah, especially with like just how injured he's been his entire career here. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a couple other things here that I want to get to with this, this Brugler mock draft. But with Matthew Stafford and the Rams – like how invested is everybody right now, especially with the rumors of Aaron Donald possibly retiring, Sean McVay possibly retiring again? Has he come out and officially said whether he's staying or not? McVay is staying. He did say that? Mm-hmm. I feel like his, the players in the locker room is like, do you believe him? Like, does he seem as invested as two years in a row where it's been like, right. mm, he's kind of rumored to leave. Matthew Stafford's mm-hmm. getting older. He's been hurt. You don't have – I almost was a bit of a, you don't really have the true receiver like core. I mean, you have Cooper Cup. Like outside of that, it's just been like a wash of you know a mix of other players coming into it. Running back wise, and Cam Akers, it's like some people love him, some people hate him. And defensively, it's just Jalen Ramsey coming back again. Is Aaron Donald coming back? And then the complacency of like we've already won a Super Bowl, we've already done this. You're in LA, you're under the spotlight all the time. How invested are these guys right now? Yeah, and you know we talk about it in basketball all the time but not really in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I also think that those playoff runs really take a toll on you. Yeah. So like that's what we're potentially seeing with the Rams. Losing Matt Stafford, who he only started nine games this year. Cooper Cup banged up. Maybe they get a little bit of extra rest this offseason, and then they come back and remind everybody how good they are. Yeah. I would love that for Cooper Cup. And the other thing, too, with the Rams is, you know, maybe this was just a bad year where they, the injury bug caught the team. Mm-hmm. Similar to what we saw with Philadelphia a couple of years ago. It was like, it just nobody could stay healthy. And we're sitting here looking, I'm like, man, this team is bad. Like, it's just, what are they going to do to fix it? And they kind of make a couple changes here. You get Nick Sirianni. Again, you add some guys through the draft. Harry Roseman does a good job there. Maybe we just got to sit here and let St. or not St. Louis, excuse me. My God, wow. You just let the Los Angeles Rams just have an off year. Like, it sucks that it happened directly after winning the Super Bowl. Sometimes that's just how it plays out. Now how do you bounce back? Yeah, and it might just be health. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Howie Roseman a couple times today. That dude also needs credit. Yeah, he needs, he's, he's gained my, so much of my respect. It's not even funny. They're in the, another NFC Championship game with a different quarterback. Mm-hmm. And head coach. That's hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Was he there when Big Red left, when Andy Reid left? I don't think he was. Um... But still, the fact I don't that think he was the general manager. I think he's always been with the Eagles. I don't know I if he's been right. with anybody else. The fact that they had Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. who they drafted very high. Start before that, Chip Kelly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and then, like, like, moving on from him, because like, I think Howie Roseman was the general manager. Chip Kelly comes in as the head coach and general manager. Then he eventually gets fired. Howie Roseman gets the general manager job back again. Then here comes, I think, I think they immediately went to Doug Peterson, and then it was that turnover into Carson Wentz, like you mentioned. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, but, I mean, giving him his credit because you you drafted Carson Wentz. You thought you had your franchise quarterback. You didn't. You still won a Super Bowl. And then you replaced him by drafting a quarterback that a lot of people didn't like in the second round. And it worked. Yeah. Is Howie Roseman the best GM in the NFL? 
I mean, Brett Veach still up there. No, just kidding. I mean, but, but realistically, but if the yeah. Eagles win the Super Bowl, he would have two Super Bowl wins. Mm-hmm. With two different head coaches and two different quarterbacks. Yeah. That, that's how you do your job. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. Uh-huh. Who's yeah. the, uh, the prodigy in the MLB who's done this? Did it with the Cubs? Theo did Epstein. it with the Red Sox? Who? Theo Epstein? Yes. <sighs> Howie Roseman? <laughs> that's why I'm like, I, I pose it as a question. That one's not a statement. Joe Burrow's the number two quarterback in the league now. That's a statement. Mm-hmm. But is Howie Roseman the best GM? After this rebuild, I, I guarantee he could go to the front office and say, uh, give me my money. <laughs> yeah. And they would say, okay. <laughs> I just, I cannot imagine how hard that, like, that job is. Mm-hmm. Every week, every year, you're either getting praised or scrutinized. And at some, in some way, shape, or form, you have to keep yourself on a level playing field because it will switch overnight. Mm-hmm. It will switch during, before, after a game. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, I'm trying my best here. I'm trying my best. Like, just trust the process. Like, that is the true trust the process statement goes to general managers. Just yeah. let me pick my guys. I know what I'm looking at. I yeah, know but, who I want. I know what we can do. Like, you have to hit on the quarterback. Yes. But there's so many teams that have hit on the quarterback, and they're still not good. The Indianapolis Colts, like, that's another just weird one. They, yeah. They're, like, keep popping up. For me, you've had a couple different opportunities to get a quarterback. You've had some pretty good ones. Phillip Rivers and Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz for, for a year. It just, Sorry. Everything after Andrew Luck fell apart. And talking about general managers, Chris Ballard. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who was wanted out of Kansas City. And he was like, I'm waiting for the right spot. He found it in Indianapolis. You get your head coach in Frank Wright. And then you just can't find a quarterback. Like, this has to be the year, like, and I love the idea of trading for Trey Lance, if that's a possibility. It doesn't matter. If you get Trey Lance, you have to draft a quarterback. Mm-hmm. If you don't, excuse me, it doesn't matter if you get Trey Lance or not. Like, if you get Trey Lance, you're fine. You have to go hit other draft picks. If you don't get him, which is very unlikely, you have to find a guy and you have to hit on him. Because you've hit on everything else in the draft. I don't think we've looked at Chris Ballard's draft classes and like, pfft. What the hell are they doing here? I expect maybe last year they went back-to-back on edge rushers. It's kind of panned out for them. Give it another year here to see how that goes. It's still just like, damn. And we'll see what they do at head coach, too. feels mm-hmm. like they've interviewed everyone, which is good. Uh, mm-hmm. Cast a wide net. If they hire Eric B. Enemy, I feel so bad for him. Oh, what if they do? Ballard being a Chiefs guy, B. Enemy being a Chiefs guy. Maybe that's why he hasn't been hired. Because <laughs> Chris Ballard's like, hey, uh, <laughs> I know it's not real. I know he's not calling the plays. We, you and I watched the game together. We thought Matt was in <laughs> town. He clearly was not. Our bad. In saying that, Patrick Mahomes goes down with an injury. You brought it up. Everybody's around Patrick Mahomes except Eric Bieniemy. Except for your offensive coordinator. Yes. It's weird. And maybe it's a, well, hey, Chad Henney's in there. He's calling the play, da-da-da-da. That's the reason well, why he's not. he's in Chad Henney's ear at the moment. Yeah. But it is, it's just weird to see those two not interact. On the sidelines. When they do interact, and maybe just like when it's caught on camera, when Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy talk, it makes the news because they're yelling at each other. Yeah. And I saw earlier today, too, that um, Eric Bieniemy, who is interviewing for, it feels like, every head coaching opportunity, and he always does, but that also the Baltimore Ravens, heavily interested in Eric Bieniemy for the offensive coordinator spot. And that's something that we've been saying for a long time, too. Maybe he just needs to get away from... Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and prove, yeah, I can be the guy. 
teaming up with a guy like Lamar Jackson and then, you know, getting in Harbaugh's ear and being like, get a receiver. Yeah. That would be interesting. That could be an electric offense overnight. Yeah. And I mean, especially with Eric Bannemi having like running back experience. I mean, he has the offensive mind. He's gone from running backs coach. He's gone, you know, up to being an assistant. And now he's offensive coordinator. That would be a good fit. I think, yeah, him in Baltimore with just an equal level job. I think that would be fine. And it's what he desperately needs in his career if he wants to be a head coach in the NFL. You need to go somewhere else and prove I can win as an offensive coordinator mm-hmm. without Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And of the available positions that he could go mm-hmm. to, you're not going to Cincinnati with Joe Burrow. You're not no. going to Buffalo with Josh Allen. Okay, so Lamar Jackson. I hope it works out for him. Yeah, I mean, I... I almost feel bad, and there was that story that came out last year with it too, of like Eric being to me and Patrick Mahomes not getting along. You know, there being clear tension there, especially after the AFC Championship game, kind of things that were said on the sideline and in the locker room, things that you and I have picked up on watching games where you know Matt Nagy is sitting there talking to Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid sitting there talking to Patrick Mahomes, Eric being to me never is, and it's just maybe it's just yeah, like this time is up for Eric being to me in Kansas City. I really do think in a fresh start. Sometimes that's not a bad. You know what I mean? It's maybe sometimes something ending is a good thing. One door closes, another door opens. Oh my god, that was so good! Did you come up with that on your own? <laughs> yeah, I just thought of that <laughs> off the top of my head. No, this is creative. Uh, I'm going to start using that more often. You should. Um, I think the door is closing on this episode, though. Ooh. Don't worry, another one will open up for you on Thursday. We do appreciate you guys joining us, uh, talking about the NFL, the NFL draft. I'm sure that we're going to get more and more into off-season stuff. One of these days, I feel like we're going to talk about basketball. See you in March. We'll see what happens on Thursday, (laughs) but we appreciate you guys, and we will see you again on Thursday.